Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, ladies. Before we start, I want to say that we still have our giveaway going on. So if you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, you can then take a screenshot of your review and send me a picture of it in my Instagram DMs and I will put you in a list and enter you to win a free coaching session with me. So Basically, once we hit 500 reviews on Apple Podcasts, you can win a free coaching session with me. That's when I will choose once we hit 500. So the giveaway is you can keep leaving reviews anytime until 500 reviews. And then after 500, I'm going to do another one once we get to 1,000. So I'll keep doing them every 500, but we're around 400 reviews right now. So leave a review and then send me a screenshot in the DMs and you will be entered to win a free coaching session with me. All right, let's get into our episode. Hi ladies, welcome back to my podcast. I'm so happy to have you guys here. Thank you guys so much. I was talking the other day about how we're almost at a million downloads and that's so, so crazy. I can't believe it. Last year for our one year anniversary of the podcast, we were at 100,000 downloads and that was like beyond my own comprehension and now we're almost at a million and that's super crazy so i'm super excited about that thank you guys so much for sharing my podcast with your friends on your story with your family with whoever it is with your partners thank you for sharing my podcast i see you guys posting it on tiktok and on twitter and on instagram and everywhere and yeah i just i'm so appreciative so thank you We still, oh my goodness, we still don't have my mic back, so I think my quality is honestly fine, like I've listened back to it, but we will have my mic back soon within the next couple weeks, so it will be in my hands soon, but we do have the just, you know, a lower quality, I guess I would say, but it doesn't matter because what is actually being said is high quality, so you know, you get win some, you lose some. <laughs> but um, I was going to say you give some, you take some. But I was like, no, it's win some, you lose some. But anyway, so we're going to talk today about how to heal codependency with your parents. And I have two related podcast episodes about this. One is called Stop Saving People. And then the other one is Stop, Stop Saving People Part 2, I believe. So both of those are really related to what we're talking about. So I will link them below if you'd like to go and listen. But If you know me and if you've been following my journey, you know that this is something that I really put a lot of attention and energy towards, which was healing my codependency with my parents. I have three primary parental figures. I have my dad who raised me, I have my biological father, and I have my mother. And with all of them, I had to heal my codependency uniquely and what was required for each relationship was different. So I'm going to give you my tips and realizations of how I healed my codependency with my parents. And 
again, what is required of literally each relationship? Like I'm one person, but what was required to heal my codependency with my mom, with my dad, with my father? They were all different and unique. So what is going to be required of you to heal codependency with your family, with your parents, with your siblings is going to be unique and different. So tune into your own body and use your own discernment and figure out what concoction of what I'm saying, maybe take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, or if none of it resonates and you could figure this out with a licensed therapist, you know, whatever you decide, but use your own discernment and apply where necessary, right? Like what I did with my father was not applicable to what I did with my mother, at least in the physical ways in which I brought that end codependency about. Now, the actual dynamics underneath that, they were actually quite similar for everybody in my life. So I'm going to share that now. So the main theme was that everyone is on their own journey in life and they have their own sacred connection to life that has nothing to do with me. So I may think that something is wrong or something is bad or whatever, but my father has his own unique connection to life. Like he's in a relationship with life and with God that is unique and special to him that has nothing to do with me and that I know nothing about. And I'll never know anything about. That's his own spiritual connection with life, with God, with his karma, with his situations, with whatever he's got going on. That is his own unique relationship to life. And I have to respect that. So that's one of the core principles that I applied, which was this person has their own unique relationship to life, to karma, to God that has nothing to do with me and I need to step back and stand down. And that was very important because I had a habit, a learned habit from childhood of trying to save my parents and trying to overstep into their life and say, you know, do this, this will help you, do that, that will help you, trying to step in so that they don't hit rock bottom, especially my father, right? So trying to step in to help him, to prevent him from whatever, having some sort of situation that he would be in, constantly trying to intervene. And with my mother more and with my dad, it was more... I'm trying to tell you that this is better for your life or that is better for your life because I believe that I see something that you don't. And in reality, when we really understand what's happening there is that as a child, it's very difficult to see your parents in adverse situations. Whatever that looks like for you is unique. So maybe that's poverty. Maybe that is a tiring job. Maybe that's abusive relationship. Maybe that's a mental illness, maybe that is whatever it looks like to your own unique parents or the people around you, right? It is difficult to see people that we love, especially our parental figures, which are our primary caregivers, right? Our primary attachments as as children. And then as adults, our partners, our husbands, our, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, they become our primary attachment, right? But as a child, our parents are, it's very difficult to see them suffer, whatever that suffering looks like for them, right? And when it's difficult to see somebody suffer and we haven't learned healthy regulation techniques, we haven't learned emotional intelligence from our parents or from the people around us because they never learned it from their parents because back and back and back and back until we just get the creation of the patriarchy, (laughs) right? So nobody's learning these things because it was strategically and systemically taken out of our curriculum as human beings because the women were the lineage keepers of a lot of this knowledge and the women were beaten down. This information was violated out of us, right? Generations and generations and generations ago. So now we have nobody to initiate us and now the world is deeply imbalanced. That's a podcast for a different time. (laughs) But anyway, so it's very difficult to see our parents suffer, right? And when it's difficult for us to see our parents suffer, healthy regulation says, I can move through this difficult emotion, okay? Healthy regulation says, I feel sad because I am watching her feel sad. And that makes me sad. 
I can sit with my sadness, okay? I can sit with this sadness. I don't need to jump in and, and make her not sad so that I don't feel sad. Because codependency says, I'm saving her. I'm doing this good thing. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm benevolent. I'm good. I'm kind. Healthy regulation says, the only person I'm actually trying to save is myself. I'm trying to save myself from feeling uncomfortable and big emotions. That's what healthy regulation says. That's what a regulated nervous system says, right? It says, I am only trying to save myself because when my mother feels sad or when she is sad or when she's depressed or when she's in this situation or that situation and it sucks, I feel sad and I don't want to feel sad because if I could step back and put my consciousness into God consciousness, right, which is the space we want to be in, we want to have our minds in God consciousness and our heart in earth consciousness. So basically our mind is in the divine and our heart and our bodies are here on earth, right? And that allows us to navigate situations from an equal space, right? So if we could put our consciousness in that space, we could step back and say, this person has their own relationship to life and I don't need to save them from it right? I don't know what's playing out here. I don't know what karma is playing out here. I don't know what their relationship to life calls for. I don't know what trials are are being, uh, you know, played out here that are necessary for this person's evolution. If I never was allowed, let's say, to be in certain situations that I was in or I was constantly pulled out of them that were very harmful for me and people didn't respect my relationship to life, and my trials and whatnot, I wouldn't be here saying these things because I wouldn't have the real life experience or the wisdom that was accumulated from these things to express them, right? We're going to talk about the shadow side of this, which is then I don't care about anybody and everybody, since everyone has their own relationship to life, then I should never, you know, lend a helping hand. That's not what we're saying here, okay? So the first step though is seeing with our parents not only do they have their own relationship to life that I can't save them for and that if I tried, it would only be me trying to save myself from feeling discomfort, not only that, but on top of that, it's actually inappropriate for me to overstep my boundaries here because this is my parent, right? This isn't my partner. This isn't my husband. And even still, it would not be appropriate. We'll talk about that in a second. But even still, it wouldn't be appropriate. But this is my parent. So for example, if I'm telling my mom when I'm, let's say, 16 about my boy troubles and my relationship troubles, and she's listening to me, that's appropriate in the context of our relationship. She is my mother, I am her daughter, and I'm telling her about my relationship problems and looking for her to hold space for me. That is encompassed in the in the guidelines of being a mother in a mother-daughter relationship where there's the mother and there's the daughter and I am the daughter expressing, right? Now, on the other hand, if I'm 16 and my mother is telling me about her relationship problems with her and my father, now that's inappropriate. That breeds enmeshment, codependency, and an inappropriate and codependent relationship. And that's an unhealthy way to engage with a child, with your child, right? Even actually if you're an adult and you're, let's say, 25, 35, whatever, and your mother is maybe wants to talk to you about her husband, which is your father or whatever, you know, that could cross lines where that's not appropriate because of the nature of the relationship. So we also have to be mindful with our parents about what's appropriate and what's not. So me trying to tell my mom and save my mom and do this and that with my mom, that's also not appropriate, not only because of codependency guidelines, but also because of the nature of the relationship in which she is the mother and I am the daughter. And I need to move through my own difficult emotions that arise when I stay in my place, which is as her daughter. And a lot of times we want to become our parents' husband or wife or partner or mother or father. We want to go into this overstated relationship with our parent because we are so uncomfortable with seeing them suffer. So the first step here is understanding that this person has a unique relationship to life 
and I need to respect it. The second step is saying, this is a parent and child relationship and there are certain things that are innately not okay because of the nature of the relationship. Versus, let's say with a a friend. If I'm talking to my friend, let's say uh, my dad is talking to his friend about his marital problems, okay? That's appropriate because that's friend-friend. But my dad talking to me about his marital problems, that's not appropriate because that's father-daughter, right? So we need to get very clear on what is appropriate and what we will accept and what is not appropriate and what we won't accept. Because a lot of times, not only are we enacting these codependent frameworks ourselves, the other part is that we are conditioned to do that because our parents want us to take on this other relationship title almost let's say as a father or a mother or a partner or whatever they want you to be their mother they want you to be their father they are upset if you don't take on these things we see this a lot of times with enmeshment in families where the children are deeply enmeshed with the parents and the, ch- the parents tell the children everything about what's going on in their life and their marriage and this guy's cheating and this one's cheating and the mom's cheating and the mom's depressed that the dad's cheating and you know the dad is doing this on the weekends and the mom is doing this every day and the children become so enmeshed in that because of the parent's choice. The parents choose to get the children involved and what happens as a result the parents let's say the mother or the father whatever one wants is always coming to the child from age seven years old and spilling and dumping all of their issues and problems and trauma and pain and concerns onto the child right what happens in that child is that it becomes extremely normal for that child and they become proud of that role of I'm more mature, I, my mom trusts me with this, my dad trusts me with this, whatever, right? And as an adult, part of healing is saying, I'm no longer going to feed that negative cycle. I get a hit from it. I get an ego hit actually when my, you know, when my mom calls me and tells me about my dad cheating on her or about their divorce and I can't, you know, I can't do anything else but hold space for her and comfort her and I feel so, I get these ego hits, I feel proud, I feel important, I feel valuable when I'm the only one she can talk to, right? So we have to acknowledge that I get these shadow hits from being in these negative cycles or else we wouldn't be within them, right? We would stop them when we became adults. We would say, oh, no, I don't want to be in that anymore. That I don't, I don't want that. That doesn't feel good. But in some way, it feels good. We get some sort of unconscious shadow hit from being in this type of dynamic, right? So the first step or the second step then is identifying where you get these unconscious hits and then saying, I will no longer choose to be in this dynamic even though I get this ego hit from it and I have to find a different way to soothe through or to receive that feeling of feeling valued or valuable or wanted or whatever it is that I only used to feel in this way so I'm going to actually have to learn how to receive that in a different way. It's very very difficult work we have to be committed to not receiving these hits of validation that we used to and we also have to move through these big emotions that come up when our parents suffer. I talked about this before but one of the biggest moments in my journey was when my father went to prison and when he went to prison I went into this overdrive mode and when I started healing from that with my therapist, I had to move through all of my fears, right? With, okay, every limitation that I could think of. Okay, I'll, uh, you know, I won't overextend with this, but if I don't overextend with that, like I had to keep going down the road, right? Like down this notch to my baseline fear. My baseline fear was if I don't overextend, eventually he'll be homeless or he'll die right? That was my baseline fear. And because of the nature of my relationship with my father, I had to move through that and say, I can handle that. Okay. 
because it's not me saying, you know, if my father becomes homeless, then, um, you know, the truth is that that's his own relationship to life. That's his own karma, his own stuff that he's got going on, right? And that's not my journey. That's not my story. So I had to be able, that was like the baseline fear. A lot of times when we're ending codependency with our parents, there's always one thing that can like bring us back in. So if my father said like, help, please, I'm gonna this and that and this. Can you pay my bail? Can you pay this? Can you do this? And I would do it because I was afraid he's gonna be homeless, right? Or can you do this? I need this from you, whatever, right? Or let's say you're ending a relationship with a with a really unhealthy parent where these more extremes are necessary, where, you know, your fear is that they're going to die or maybe they're sick or maybe they are an alcoholic or maybe they are this or that, right? And the fear is like if I don't step in, one day they're going to go too far and I won't be able to save them, right? I won't be able to help them right? They'll die or they become homeless or something really bad will happen. And when you're ending codependency with parents, when it's a more extreme type, you have to go to that baseline fear and make peace with it. So, okay, if my father dies, I can, I can navigate that. I can navigate hard things, right? Like I can navigate that with my therapist and my support system. I can navigate that. If my father is homeless, I can navigate that. I will navigate what that entails, right? I can navigate that. And so when we sit with our fears and we realize that with our baseline fear, you have to go all the way to the end and we make peace with it. And we say, if that happens, that's part of his story and I can't get involved still and I'm at peace with that. When we make peace in that way, then we can really be free from these dynamics. But these things are very um, cyclical. They're like waves. You have to really, I believe when it's a more intense, especially form of codependency and enmeshment with a parent, especially if the parent is possibly unsafe for you, whatnot, you really do have to work with a professional. Like my therapist was everything for me with this. She just as the best. She's been one of my pillars in my life. I'm so grateful that I have such a wonderful support system. And without such a strong support system, I, yeah, I I wouldn't be where I am today. I've really, oh, my therapist so much. She's been such an incredibly strong support system for me. So yeah, so I think that, you know, it is important to work with a therapist if the codependency is more extreme, right? Even if it's not extreme, it's good to work with a therapist, you know, work these things out even still, right? But now that is one side of codependency where the parent is very intense and you feel unsafe and the relationship is very harmful for you, right? That's one side. Now there's another side where there's codependency and you still want the relationship with the parent, right? So... You still want the relationship with the parent. You still can engage with the parent in a healthy way, right? But you want want to engage with the parent in a healthy way, right? So in that situation, what you want to do is you want to start setting boundaries, making peace with their story and with their life and with their suffering and with their pain, setting boundaries with yourself and with them about what you are going to hold, what you're going to take, you know, those kind of situations, what you are going to be available for. And a lot of times the parent will freak out when you are no longer available for acting and engaging in a codependent manner. The parent is not going to be happy, no matter if it's an extremely unhealthy parent or, uh, you know, neutrally (laughs) kind of in the middle unhealthy, right? Like a five on a scale of one to ten or four, they likely will still freak out because the way that you have, they have set you up as a child, they have groomed you to be codependent. And when you are no longer going to engage in that way, that is going to upset them. And you have to be able to move through that. You have to be able to move through them being upset. That's okay. That's part of their story. They're allowed to be upset, right? And that's something we have to continually come back to she's allowed to be upset at me because I set a boundary. That's part of her story. I'm allowed to be okay with that. And I can move through my guilt or my sadness or my pain, whatever that comes up, my empathy and my feelings of, you know, I'm sad that she's sad. 
I can move through that. That's really all I have to move through is my feelings that come up when she is upset, when he is upset, when they're upset, right? So we are required if we want to end codependency to be able to move through these difficult Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Emotion, emotions when it comes to our parents when we're setting boundaries, but we really need to decide what boundaries do I need to set? What, you know, hits do I get from engaging in this type of way? And where where do I want to shift? Where do I want to go? What am I not available for? Right. And then the next part that comes after that, which is possibly comes years after that or months after that, which is the space that I'm now in with my mother and dad, um, and also my father, but in a very different way. Uh, But what comes after that is total acceptance of where they're at, total love, forgiveness, and then engaging with them and meeting them where they're at, right? Engaging with them and meeting them where they're at. So something that has been really huge for me is I used to feel like, oh my gosh, these people in my life need to show up for me in the way that I want and show up for me like this and that and they need to, you know, meet my love languages, right? But the truth is that my parents, and I can choose that for my relationships, right? Like for my friendships and for my partnership, right? But for your parents, if you're choosing to still have a relationship with them, with your boundaries and whatnot, they're going to show up for you in their own unique way. And if the relationship is healthy enough that we can still engage with it consistently and feel safe, right? We can engage with the relationship and we can meet them where they're at. So for example, I was talking about this the other day. My dad, as an adult, I see all the ways that he has shown up for me. But what I am comfortable with and now as an adult is saying, okay, I've made peace with the fact that I was very hurt and that I'm still a part of me is hurt, that certain things I needed as a child weren't there. But I don't need to change you and I'm totally comfortable with you and I love you and I feel safe with you and I want to grow in this relationship together. So how can I meet you where you're at? And so one thing my dad always does is he always shows up for me financially and That is something that, yeah, he always does. I remember I always tell this story, but when I was in Spain, I remember I was in Spain and my credit card, something happened where it was like, it wasn't that it was declining. It was that like it had rubbed off, like the, 
something like the card had like rubbed off and they're just it couldn't like swipe like it wasn't working and there wasn't the the tapping at that point it was years ago and so I couldn't purchase anything and I was like in the airport and I was freaking out and it was 3 a.m and my dad is the type where he oh he's like a handler like he handles everything like he's just very good in any bad situation and he's just always very prepared He's just like really good at handling things and he's just very prepared. And in that way, like he's just like, he's just like superhuman, right? So anyway, so I call my dad. It's like 4 a.m. for him or 3 a.m. for him in, you know, United States time. For me, it was like in the morning or something. So I call him and he answers right away. And I'm like, dad, hello, you you answered? And he's like, yeah, of course. I don't, I, mom is like so annoyed, but I refuse to put my ringer on silent when you're not in the country in case you need me. And he's like, and my freaking texts are dinging all night. And I won't turn off my ringer because you might need to call me or you might need something like right now, like what's up, right? And I was just like, wow, that is so everything. Like literally, it even makes me tear up now thinking about it because I'm just like, his love is so evident in those moments and choosing to see that and really see it is just like so healing, right? And I'm like, dad, you know, I had this, Amex I still actually have it in my in my wallet that has no money on it and it's in his or it's in my name but it's from his account right and it's no money on it but if I ever need anything I can call him and he'll put money on it right away right like put my limit up or something it's not it's a credit card so there's not money it's just put your limit uh, your spending limit right right now my spending limit is zero so I call him and I'm like dad you know I'm in the airport I can't swipe my card like I'm freaking out whatever right away he puts money on the card or he ups the limit and I get through and I you know go to my destination but moments like that you're just like wow my parent loves me and of course if the relationship isn't super unsafe where you can still engage and you still want the relationship right like my relationship with my dad is actually really good and we have a really good relationship which was not always the case and that was what we needed at that time. Like, that's totally fine. And my reactions to him and, you know, were totally valid and whatnot. But now as an adult, I can actually have a really good relationship with him. And, um, and yeah, and so seeing those types of things. I was telling this the other day on my podcast with Fumi. The other day, my dad, I had just gotten home from, from where? I had just came home to visit from Argentina and I had to do my taxes. There were like three days left in April and I was fasting. So I was super cranky and I was like, dad, I don't want to do my taxes. And he's like, it's totally fine. I'll do them. Just send me your information. He spent like five hours. He did it, did it in like increments, but he did like two hours and then another two hours doing my taxes. And he's always just so hands-on with those types of things. And I can see the ways that he loves me so much more clearly as an adult And it just feels really, really good to be able to see that, right? Another thing that with my mom that I'm really trying to practice is my mom has so much wisdom. Like my mom is, my mom is just like, she's such a cool, wonderful lady. Like she, from a very young age, she just implemented in me like nature is your mother. Like I was always outside in the puddles with the worms and whenever it would rain I would run back outside after it stopped raining and I would put all the worms back into the grass because they would dry out on the driveway and you know my mom was just that was where that came from that connection to nature is where is from my mom and my mom is so cool and she gardens all of our she veggie gard has veggie gardens and fruit gardens um fruit trees everywhere and she creates all of our own food at our at the house and she fosters mother dogs she's saved over 200 dogs from kill shelters and she fosters all these animals and she's opening up opening up a farm sanctuary and she's vegan and she's just a really awesome lady (laughs) just like really I want to do an interview with her I actually saw on 
Hitomi's YouTube she did an interview of her dad and I'm gonna do an interview of my mom and just I want to have that like a little time capsule thing but anyway something that I'm doing is I always as a kid used to feel like I I need to create this moment of with my mom outside of my life with her like outside of her life actually so like my mom always has a million things going on and I would always be like I need to be removed from that to create a moment with her so like mom, let's go to dinner, mom, let's go to lunch, mom, let's go on a vacation, mom, let's do this and that together outside of life. But now I'm like, how can I go into life, into her life and meet her there? Mom, let's cook together for dinner tonight, right? Like mom, let me garden with you and learn from you. Like I have so much to learn from my mom that I never really... I never really grounded into, right? So let me go and meet you in all of these literally wonderful things. And a lot of people don't have moms that have super wonderful, amazing, okay, well, I was gonna say qualities, but of course everybody's mom has amazing qualities, I'm sure. But I mean like a just really just like an earthy, cool, aware lady who's like reading all these awesome books and gardening our home and everything's organic and she's rescuing all these dogs and you know my mom is just like that you know and I haven't always met her in that or appreciated that or wanted to learn from her because of all this other stuff that was going on when I was a kid right but now as an adult now that I have my boundaries in place with her now that I am comfortable in myself now that I've moved through my anger towards my parents that needed to be expressed individually in therapy and and sometimes to them, now that I've moved through all of, not all, but you know, we're never fully there, but now that I've moved through the vast majority of my stuff that happened with my parents as a kid, I can actually see them now and meet them now and be with them now. And that is really, really valuable for me is to be able to meet my parents now and especially with my mom, meet her in these things that I, you know, that are super cool that I'm also interested in. I'm like, mom, can you teach me sewing? Like she knows how to sew and I want to learn how to sew. I'm like, mom, I need a garden with you. Like she's always, she's always gardened my entire life and I've never really wanted to garden with her or also like she doesn't like when anybody's in the kitchen when she's cooking but I her cooking is the best cooking of anybody I've ever met in my entire life like anytime we go to a restaurant there's this joke that we always say like mom could have made it better so it's like why are we even here you know and she's just such an amazing cook and she's vegan and she makes all these amazing vegan meals and I want to learn from her so my point here is is that going into her life to meet her and to bond with her instead of feeling like I need to take her out of her life to bond with her. And I think that's really important, especially for women. Whereas my dad, he really enjoys when I want to take him out of his life to hang out with him. So like, let's go to dinner, dad. Let's go on a vacation, dad, which I keep trying to get him to do with me. But, you know, he like because he's very, he likes to like go and do stuff like that, right? My mom likes to be in her life. She likes to be connected to earth. She likes to be connected connected with animals. She has a lot of animals, a lot of responsibilities, and she likes to be in them in her day-to-day life. And I want to meet her in that space and see her, right? But the ending of codependency with your parents, that journey, it is very multifaceted. It takes quite a while and there's a lot of different chapters. So I'm now at this chapter and I have been actively healing my codependency with my parents for I would say around five years, Yeah, around five years. And in the last year, I've been actively entering into this really beautiful chapter. But that means that the four years prior were very chaotic (laughs) and very up and down. So, you know, that's kind of what it looks like. And your journey is going to go up and down and flow in different directions for quite a while before it levels out. And maybe for a lot of people, it won't be able to level out with your parents. And a lot of people, maybe you won't be able to go to that space. And that's also okay. And so for me, even with my father, right, I am not going to be doing that. But I can still love and accept him from afar and see him from a God perspective, a God consciousness, and 
have an evenness about him and a love for him without betraying my own boundaries. And that's actually where my love can be genuine, whereas before it was a lot of codependency. So even though I don't have a relationship with my father and I don't see him and I don't speak to him, I still love him from afar and I can still say, you know, I wish you all of the best. I wish you every good thing in life. I wish for your healing. I pray for your healing. I pray for my father, you know, so we can still have that same acceptance and love from afar and it's going to look unique for you, what you, how you relate to your life and your parents and what's, you know, needed. Like I said, use your discernment, what's needed for one unique relationship versus another one. Like I said, my mother and my father, I have totally different boundaries, things that are necessary requirements for those relationships. I have totally different relationships with both of them. And I have to use my own discernment, but the baseline has stayed the same, which is this person has their own relationship to life and I need to respect that and step down. And then the next part is I need to have boundaries with this person about what I am available for, because a lot of times, especially in this generation, we have a lot more access to healing than previous generations, right? Even just because we have access to the internet, we see a lot more information. I remember when I was a kid, part of my unlearning of internalized misogyny came from having access to Tumblr. No joke. When I was 13, 14, I'm reading all these think pieces on Tumblr and I'm like, whoa, this, I didn't realize this, you know? And it happened with homophobia, racism, sexism, misogyny, you know, xenophobia, everything I'm learning online and I'm seeing all these different people's perspectives and unlearning these things rapidly and quickly because of the information that's accessible to us in our younger generations, right? So that also has to do with healing, that has to do with relationships, that has to do with relationship advice. I mean, the amount of content that you guys and myself can get about healing, relationship advice, you know, our parents didn't have access to that, right? So my point here is, is that the boundaries that are going to need to be set in relationship to have healthy relationship a lot of times are not going to even be known by our parents that that's even a thing or that's a way to engage because they never engage like that because the line of unhealthy mechanisms and coping mechanisms and ways of engaging has gone on for so long and now as the you know cycle breakers it's our responsibility to break those cycles right so we come to that and we humbly bring our boundaries and firmly bring our boundaries, but with gentleness and with grace and with humbleness, understanding that it's not their fault that they didn't have this information. It's our responsibility though for how we're going to continue to show up and what we're going to accept moving forward. Because a lot of times our parents will show up to us in these unhealthy dynamics for as long as we will accept it. And for most people, they will accept it forever because they have become addicted to the hits that they get from engaging in these types of ways, right? So, you know, that's that's just what it is. I want to say the last part, which is the shadow side of feeling like, you know, everybody's on their own journey and and whatever, right? So it doesn't mean that we don't ever lend out a helping hand, right? So for example, with my mom, even, and she would be fine with me saying this, you know, um, I remember on one of her, on Christmas or something, right, you guys know my favorite book, like, oh my gosh, is Victoria ever going to stop talking about this book? But You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay, right? A few years ago, I gave it to my mom on Christmas, right? Along with some other things. But I gave her that book, right? And I just wrote inside, like, you know, this was very healing for me, like, you know, I, maybe it will be healing for you, who knows? But inside of myself, although I, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to just give you this book. I'm not like, oh my gosh, she needs to read this book. Oh my gosh, she needs to do this. She needs to do that. She needs to act in this way and that way and the other. I'm neutral. I'm okay. If you don't read it, if you do read it, if you read it and you hate it, if you read it and you like it, I'm okay with either one. 
right? So we can extend ourselves in a neutral, as long as we are neutral and be honest with ourselves, because we won't overextend unless we are not neutral and we can extend healthily if we are neutral, right? For example, even the other day, my friend was struggling, right? My friend was here, my, actually my oldest friend, my childhood friend, my best friend, uh, she was just talking, she wasn't struggling, but she was just talking to me about, you know, some stuff. And I was like, oh, I have a book, uh, here, take it. You know, you don't, I don't care if she reads it. She doesn't have to read it. I'll love her the same if she reads it. If she doesn't read it, I am completely neutral. I don't care. But she was expressing some things and seemed that she needed possibly this book. And I was like, oh, here, I have it. I'll lend it to you. You can keep it for the rest of your life if you want. I'll give it to you, you know. But if she reads it and she doesn't care about it, she hates it, that's totally fine. So there's a way to extend and to offer our hands to others in a healthy way, right? There's also even a way to uh, extend in a deeper way, let's say to give money or to pay for people to do this or to do that. There's actually a way to do that in a healthy way. Um, First of all, coming from neutrality. Second of all, not doing anything that overextends yourself and makes yourself in a bad situation. Um, But really it comes back to neutrality. So can I give from a space that I'm neutral of their um, their development with their unfolding. I'm neutral if you, this, if you do this or if you do that. I just want to give this to you. I just want to offer my hand to you in this way, right? I talk about this with giving to unhoused people. The, the distortions and the shadows and the ego that comes in with giving to unhoused people is honestly, really unfortunate and something that needs to be eradicated immediately. But, When we give to unhoused people, I say give money to unhoused people. I say this all the time. Give money to unhoused people. Give money, give money, give money, right? Give resources if you have them. Give money too, right? And give resources, give money, you know, fight for social change. Give money to unhoused people. People say, well, I'm not going to give money because if they they don't, uh, you know, if they don't go and buy uh, the Bible, I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> if they, <laughs> there's like this, I need you to, I need, I'm giving to you because I want a specific result. I want you to act in some sort of way. I need you to do this. Well, then you're not really giving. You're coming from your ego and coercing somebody into something and being codependent. And a bunch of other things that I could get into that I actually am going to make a a separate podcast on. But it's only when we give freely and we say, I give to you because I value you and I love you. And I'm also neutral with what you do with this information. I'm not giving it to you because I need you to be this or that. I'm not giving to you, my friend, right? If you're talking to an unhoused person, I'm not giving to you, my friend, because I need you to go buy alcohol or because I need you to go buy food or because I need you to go buy the Bible or because I need you to go donate it to church. I I don't care. I'm giving it to you because I love you neutrally. I'm and I and I love you and I'm neutral on you enough. We could be neutral on everybody's development, right? I love you and it's not even being neutral. It's true actual love. I love you enough to want to serve you without my own ideas of where you should go as a result of my serving or my giving or whatever, right? And that's the only way to actually give. And if somebody's lack of development or somebody's inability to develop or the results, the, yeah, the results, the consequences of their lack of development causes you harm, you need to set boundaries, But it's not really even on them to change. Let's say with my father, right? His lack of development emotionally, right, causes me to need to set boundaries. But I don't need him to change. I need to assess him neutrally and with unconditional love and assess what I need to do as a result. But I don't need him to change, right? And I can embed things with my love and with my you know, gentleness and with my mercy without, with first of all, having boundaries and second of all, with, you know, um, not needing them to, to be a certain way, 
right? You know, so I'm going to I'm going to leave you guys with that. This is something that I I've really wanted to talk about for a while. I'm actually going to go deeper into it because it's a really really important topic to discuss, which is giving without needing somebody to be something specific as a result. Giving from a equanimous space, giving from a true space of of God, right? Like giving as a as a servant of God is very different than giving as a servant of your ego. And most people give as a certain as a servant to their ego, right? So this is a whole other topic. So I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna cap it there, but trust we will be back to that conversation. <laughs> um but yeah. But thank you guys so much. I you guys know my little closing, my little closing thing. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. And I will see you every Saturday at 8 a.m. And I will talk to you girls soon. Thank you guys so much. I will talk to you soon. And also leave a review on Apple Podcasts, please. And once you get to 500 or once we get to 500 reviews, I will choose somebody to win a free coaching session with me. All right, girlies, I will talk to you soon and have a wonderful day. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.